and we spoke about you have to parakeh alach above, and we spoke about the fact that just like a person has to give up his land, not to be over, uh, same thing, a person has to forego the opportunity to get healed if healing him is going to involve one of these three methods. And therefore using healing which is really sourced in a different religion is a problem. And this is something which is very legitimate because there are a lot of different healing methods which come from the Chinese or other Eastern, other Eastern places. And the question is, was this some kind of physical um, remedy or therapy that they came up with, or is this based on religion? Is this based on their religion? Because if they feel that this is some religious thing that they're doing to heal the person, and that religion is a desire, it's going to be asked to do it. And this has been argued many, many times about acupuncture and about reflexology. Is it more for a Jew to do acupuncture and reflexology? Why? Because the way that they'll make it sound is that you know, there's a connection of the parts of the body to the palm of the hand or to the sole of the foot, and therefore I can stimulate the palm of the hand, the sole of the foot, and it will like, have an effect on whatever part of the body it's connected to. But that so makes sense. That makes sense, except we don't know exactly what that connection is, but let's say there's such a connection. Uh-huh. Um, similarly, acupuncture works on the fact that there's certain points in the body which uh, you can relieve the pressure on a certain vein or nerve right. uh, by using these needles, and uh, it takes away pain, it takes away results of what's causing because it kind of comes, so to speak, lets this attention of those areas, which is a pretty, uh, maybe we don't understand it completely through conventional medicine, but let's say it's a pretty uh, seemingly uh, innocuous approach. But, but if, now, if trial and error is, is of any value, and they see that over and over and over you do it, and it's effective every time, then it's an indicator. You try, you're right. The Rashba says, when it comes to medical procedures, the fact that it always works is a reason to do it, but that just means that it's not to get a superstition. And this is the actual thing, which is not just a focus focus that you might, you might work and you might not. But that is a second problem. And that is, that's what the, they would normally explain as the way that these things work is because they, they're releasing pressure points in the body or they're allowing the flow of uh, whatever the blood not to get caught up and whatever it is and it causes whatever healing effect it causes. The problem is that the more experienced, we call them acupuncturists or reflexologists, and the ones who have gone through the, more, the master's course, not just the basic training what to do. So what they're trained is, I'll tell you exactly what they said because you've heard it from them many times, that there's spiritual forces mm. called cheese which come into the body and basically the acupuncture needles are like antenna to catch cheese which are these, I mean cheese, C-H-I yeah, cheese, right, so there's, these are the antenna which kind of like begin these spiritual forces to come into the body and they're doing the healing and they have a whole system of where these forces are coming from and how they can use these special things to attract the force and the force comes to the body and heals it and the more you hear about these things, the more and more it sounds like a virtuous of some sort. And now the question is, does that make the healing awesome? Is, are you now being healed through a virtuous You know, as if a practitioner believes that the way I'm healing you is bringing down whatever spiritual force it is from whatever religion he believes in, in order to come bring healing powers into your body, so then he's really acting as a virtuous So will that now forbid us to use any of these methods which, which uh, involve a virtuous That's the first question. And the second question is, if we are going to say it's also, which many poets can do, so then is there only also for the, so to speak, the, the person with the master's degree 
who has been told all this Avedazara, uh, so to speak, background, or even for the guy who's just been trained what to do, and he has no idea that this is really using some Avedazara philosophy, he just thinks he's releasing trapped veins or whatever it's going to be. In other words, is the Isashipa that once this is something which was developed as an Avedazara thing, is that Asirat, or is it only for the person who knows that information? Now, let's explain something. Avedazara doesn't work. So if there are times when this does work, obviously it is having some physical effect. Obviously, it's not like a, it's, it's, uh, if it would, wouldn't work, people wouldn't do it. So it obviously is having a physical effect too. We don't give credence to the desire that that's what's really hitting anyone. But the problem is, if that's what people think that they're doing, so they make it up a desire. Now, if a person thinks this is a healing method, because I, just like I can use a physical therapy to like release a trapped nerve, I can use acupuncture to release a trapped muscle, or whatever it's going to be. So, so then, Batson maybe, in that case, he's only thinking of something which is very, uh, not very meaningless. It's a, a physical thing to help the problem. If a person's thinking, no, I'm attracting trees and bringing spiritual uh, forces to, to work on this person, so then it's for sure there's a... But if the person doesn't know, do we say that since it's a system which was developed by an desire, that's what they're doing? Or do we say no? If the person doesn't know about it, he's not doing desire. That's where the Salafi comes very much to nicer. Wouldn't it be much more reasonable to say that? It could be. It could be if we first knew that these things work. And afterwards, you know, some believing practitioner decided to invent a rationale for it that's of a desired base, then we don't have to accept a rationale. We're working on your... We have to know the history of exactly how it came about. Just like today, if uh, we know that certain treatments work, either someone's going to come and now claim that it's of a desire doing it, we know it's not. We know the treatment works without that. So then you're right, then it wouldn't be involving a desire. Okay, so that's the case of... That's the case of where... There would be real shyness of healing oneself involving a desire. We spoke last time, healing involves tzicha. We have cases that are set of transplants of organs which have to be uh, harvested when the, person, the patient is still alive. So it's effectively killing him, and to take his heart or his lungs, whatever else they want to use out of him, he needs to still be alive. And I'll be healing oneself through tzicha. And, other, and same thing, if, if there would be a case where it would have to be over and barely arise to heal a person, so that would you have to die rather than do that. Now, it isn't too frequent that we have cases of where a person has to be healed to get their eyes, because the one case which often is asked is well, if a lady is a married lady and she happens to be a doctor, how can she operate on a male patient? Uh, if, she, if she needs to touch him, whatever it is, or the other way around. But How can a male doctor operate on a female who's married? It's is that Gilead, right? So that, well, you pass him, it's not. Because even though he has to touch her, especially if he's doing uh, treatment on her, but you say it's not the Rechiba. It's out of a medical, so to speak, uh, medical procedure. It's not something which is, is a sign of affection. And if that's the case, he isn't any suitable. But it is brought down, and if that's the case, that refers to a stranger. But if a when the lady is asked to her husband, so then it's forbidden for her husband to treat her. Because for him, it would be the Rechiba. Right. And therefore, he can't be the doctor to operate on her. Now, what are we talking about? Are we talking about that there is another doctor, or are we talking about that there isn't another doctor? In other words, is the alternative that we'll rather find somebody else if we can, and if we can't, we'll let the husband do the treatment or the operation, whatever it is. But do we say, no, for the husband, for you, it's always also. And if it's always also, so then there's nothing we can do. There's no answer to the treatment. Never. We we'll have to just give our hands folded and do nothing. This is the Makhlaikas of Poiskin in, in, in Yaradev. 
since we say here at the end, the there are posting we say if it's a shayla of uh, a shayla of a rice, you can't heal someone for rice. So then we can do. And uh, the shach doesn't agree with that. The tad doesn't agree with that. They bring such a day. They both argue and they say it's not true. You know, the case is nobody else. The husbands can do this treatment which is necessary. And the rationale for that is. Is it's only Asr if it's going to be Darachib. So if he's focusing on I want to do whatever whatever is necessary and I'm not trying to have in mind to do it Darachib, then it doesn't have to be the Isra of our eyes. And therefore, in the case there's nobody else to do it, there would be matter and the husband to be the one to do it. Okay, so that's what's going to get to Now, Rafazayim. We know in Shafina, we're working for Kunis and Fashas, and we're going to ask for Shalish of Erez. How do you know that even in the case of Sakonis and Fashas, the person can't be over one of these Shafas? And then once again, what you brought so far, the Rambam, was a din of Kiddush Hashem. That doesn't apply here. Kiddush Hashem we saw was even either when a person is challenged uh, to do an avera or lose his life in front of ten people, or in a case where there's a systematic uh, oppression of the of the Jews and they're trying to suppress our religion, we figure out our lives. But in a case like this, where a person's sick and he wants to heal himself, whether he does or doesn't, isn't the Kiddush Hashem question. So where do we see here that a person is not allowed to? So to speak, heal himself or save his life if it's going to involve one of the three events. Which means this isn't coming from a point of Kiddush Hashem, it's coming from a mitzvah saseh. A person has to be willing, up, willing to give up his life out of his life for Hashem. And therefore, what to, serving of a Rizara is, is a, the biggest contradiction so to speak, to connecting to Hashem. And therefore the Torah requires a person to be so committed, so connected to Hashem that, that I would rather give up my life than give up my connection to Hashem. Now, by other methods, it doesn't apply. And uh, breaking another issue because of life, the same one's life isn't a rebellion against Hashem. Whereas a desire is. And therefore, whenever comes to a desire, a person should rather give up his life to show Hashem that my connection to you is more important than that. That's the expression of Avod that are requires from us. That's uh, where we see that that a person can't save himself without a result. Now, and this is we saw the second halacha as well. And that is, if a person, even if you wouldn't mean to serve a desire, but let's say you pretend to serve a desire, what would it then be then? What would it be then? Is the case where a person has to give up his life rather than serve a desire, when the person actually would be serving a desire otherwise? Or even when a person would be showing himself he's serving of a desire, but he knows in his mind and his heart that I don't believe a word of this, it's all nonsense, it's all, it's, it's just a facade I'm putting, like, like, putting on to fool whoever's watching me, or whatever the case is. What would it then be in a case like that? And as we saw, that Maram is Pesach, which is brought from the Shafanarach, near Desim Kofun Gov, and that is the person is not allowed to save his life by denying that he's a Jew. And because that's the hand to hand to the Salaam. Okay, so that's the first thing we saw. Vaharigas nefesh me Yisrael, the rapis nefesh acheres, and that's the other miyadanos. That was the last night to them. And the other nefesh, the nefesh. The fact that you can't kill someone to save yourself is logical. Why? Because we can't, we can't kill one person for another person. And other nefesh for nefesh. Well, we don't say one Jew is worth more than another Jew. And therefore we can't uh, kill one Jew to save another Jew. It makes better sense. It makes a lot of sense, but there's also a question on this. Because if they're both in the same position, they're both healthy people, they both have a life expectancy the same, so you can say, what right do you have to be nefesh? 
But let's say you have a case of a person who is extremely sick, a person who is alachically a traitor, a person who we know is going to die. So then, do we still say the same thing? Because now we, we, we would have an, an argument. Maybe we should be taking nefesh with nefesh. Because here we have, we can save a young, strong, healthy person at the expense of an old, sick person who is going to die anyway. So, if we was going to present it as a logical argument, so then you could say that this person has, so to speak, more of a potential potential to, uh, to, to of a life than the other one. So why shouldn't we rather take the life away from one to give it to the other one? So the answer to that is twofold. Let's say threefold. And it's threefold because firstly we have what the halacha says. We just have to explain it. What the halacha says is that the halacha that you can't kill Reuben to save Shimon is even if you're just taking away a certain short-term life from Reuben and you're giving long-term life to Shimon. You're still going to do it. Uh, even Chayesha is important, which means you can't shorten one person's life, even if it's going to give the second candidate a much longer life. Now, what that means in practical terms is if the hospital, let's say, has one machine, which is a, a hot lung machine or a, whatever other life saving piece of equipment it is, and right now it's hooked up to a patient who's never going to recover. They've, they're clinically brain dead, they're unable to, reta- to recover any cognitive functioning. And uh, it's a question of a few days until they're going to die. They're out there on the machine, and they bring into the hospital a person that's from a car accident who needs a machine, but Lemaisa has a good prognosis because we could operate and because of what to do and because we'd be able to save him. And this always brings the moral dilemma. Are we allowed to take the machine off the first person who, at best, will keep him going for a little bit longer, we have no way of healing him, and give it to the second person who we could heal and we have a real chance of recovery? It's like I said, it's an ethical dilemma which uh, doctors often have. What's it now? What they told to do is to give it to the person with the best chance of survival. Mm. But that's against the halakha. The halakha is, if both people will be waiting for the machine, and now we can choose, we only have one machine, and we have to play the, the, so to speak, the judge of who's going to be given the machine, we're allowed to choose. But if it's a question that one person is on the machine, and it's a question of taking him off to put the other one on, and help for sure then you can't, you're going to kill him. So you can't kill. Oh, the other person has a better long-term chance of survival. It doesn't change anything. Because uh, we can't kill a person short-term to save someone else long-term. That's Talach. What's the rationale for that? So there's two different ways to explain it. One way to explain it is, like the Pasuk says, you don't know how long Hashem wants a person to live. So we can't make decisions of, this person's going to live for three days, and this person's going to live for 30 years. You don't know. That's Biyad Hashem. There have been people who have been on life support for years and years. There have been people who everyone thought was going to be completely healthy and suddenly died from a heart attack or from a stroke or any or an aneurysm. Or get hit healed. by a bus. Oh yeah, get knocked over by a bus. And therefore to play the game of this person is going to live longer than that person is something we don't know how to do. Only Hashem knows how much life is allocated to each individual. And therefore, we, we can't decide, uh, we can't decide what, uh, who, who to save and who to kill. That's the first point. The second point. The second point, and that is that there's a mistake in the world in thinking that life is valuable when a person can uh, be, be productive and do what he needs to do and uh, enjoy himself, whatever other uh, factors you're going to give as what the American court system likes to call the, you know, the quality life years that a person has. So whatever they're defining as quality life, that's not a real factor. It's not a real factor because, again, in Ashkafa we know that life is valuable because 
As long as the person is in this world, Hashem is a reason for him to be here. He would, otherwise, he would have taken him out of this world already. And if, even if it's uh, only because they're on life support or they're unconscious or they're suffering, whatever the case is, Hashem intended them to have that suffering. They're here for a reason. Otherwise, Hashem wouldn't need them for nothing. And if they're meant to be here, so then we are the ones to decide that, we, that the reason Hashem wants to be in this world isn't important. Uh, so, we're, so as long as the person's here, it's just that Hashem wants him here. Once that's a starting point, so we have no right to, to do otherwise. Like I said, therefore, we said even when it comes to a nefesh of somebody who only has chayesha, but you can't kill him for a person, to save a person who's going to live longer. Chayayim. That's that's the the second thing. The third thing, when it comes to arise, so he says arise. Why can't a person be over the east to save his life? But arise. When the Gemara is talking about a, a somebody who was forced... Yes, so you give two reasons why you can't kill somebody to save somebody right. else. Okay, so there's three. We said first is Allah. Allah is because we give two rationales to explain that Allah. Right. Right. Now, the we have a up to Rasikha, just like a person who kills the other person, so we don't blame the victim, we blame the murderer, same thing. If a person forces someone else, or a lady, or a man, whatever it's going to be, to do an affair with them, we don't blame the victim, we blame the aggressor. But at the same time, if the Torah connects the two, then we say that the severity of the one applies to the other one also. And therefore, a person who can't be over a rice to save his life, just like a person who can't be over Ritzicha to save his life. Okay, so that's the genium of various Hamuras, which we say a person is not allowed to not allowed to be over, even if it means that he's going to die without it. Now, says the the Rambam in Halakha Ches, he qualifies the Rejusa. When did we say that this Halakha is that by other Yisurim, besides for the Gimel Chamer, when it comes to other Yisurim, so then a person is not allowed to do them, unless he's, he's going to save his life. It's a Makhum Sakana. When is that? Says Manchem Derech Hanawasim. When it's something that a person is getting the Hanaw, which the Torah forbids him to get. So the Torah forbids certain Hanawas, unless it's a case of serving your life. For example, one of those rounds in the Kippur is eating on Yom Kippur. So to eat on Yom Kippur, there is a Hanaw of eating. <coughs> and the Torah says, you know how to eat. But if a person is going to die without eating, so we tell him to eat. Or he'll enjoy the food. That <coughs> the Torah allows a person to do an avera to save his life. It can even be derech hanosan, which means in a way where he enjoys it. Kamoish machin or sachel shkotzim or emotion if we need to. Aichamus the pesach if we need to. Aish machin or siyam akifur if we need to. So all these cases, when we're going to allow the chayda to the iser, that's even derech hanosan. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? We can talk about two different points over here. The first point is. As opposed to other things which one which one we're going to talk about, and that is something which he's not going to enjoy. The grammar says, I will like Derek if it's not in the way that the person will enjoy it. They make a bandage and they use starch from flour to stuff in the bandage. So he's not enjoying that. It's necessary. He's using chomets, but there's no enjoyment in that. Or he's making him drink something which is extremely better, so he doesn't enjoy it. Like he says, that, that, that 
Testi, which means not stam mutza. There has to be a reason for it. It has to be a But even if he's not makom sakana, even if he's not going to get back from it, um, since he's not enjoying it, then it's not over the isur the way the Torah said that a person is going over an isur, and therefore it's less severe. And this is something we often rely on, and that is if a person has to be over an isur, but it's not forget a sakana snafashis. It's the suffix sakana, or it might lead to a sakana in the future, or there are but the answer sakana. So then we always say the best way to be over an isur is shleik derechanaaser. In a way, a person doesn't enjoy. But that's even better than eating less than the share. Because why we pass can less than the share, chatzis share, is awesome with the That's not culpable with the rice. You won't get punished if you're doing an isur deraisa. Whereas shleik derechanaaser, which means in a way which a person doesn't enjoy it, is only awesome with rabbanim. And therefore, this question comes up often to rabbanim. A person on your kippah says. He feels he's going to pass out, he feels he's dehydrating. What's better? Should he have... Uh, now, if he's already holding by dehydrating, then it's, it could be a second. We're going, to, we're going to give him a drink. Unless he's not yet there. He's worried he's going to get there. So then the options are, should we give him enough shearing, a little bit as a go, over the course of time, every time less than the shear, or should we give him a drink with something which doesn't taste good? Something which doesn't taste good, and then you can give a whole cup. And the lach is, it's better to give him the whole cup of something which doesn't taste good, rather than give him a shirim of water. And the reason is shirim is still in Issa Daraisa. It's possible which is also not a just not high of course for it. Whereas something which doesn't taste good is, is uh, not in Issa So that's what you always learn first. What does it taste Now, what are you going to give a person? So this is always the question, because it has to work. And as you give a person something which is too awful, he's not going to be able to drink it. Or he's going to throw it out. And then you haven't gained anything. So we have to find something which a person wouldn't opt to drink, doesn't like the taste, but it's not so bad that he's going to he's going to get sick from it and he's going to try, or he's going to take it. So for example, um, if we tell a person, yeah, you need to drink, but we want to give you something that you know is you're not going to be handled from, so we want to drink a bottle of, of cooking oil. A person can't do it. Right? It might be liquid, it might be whatever. I think it's good for you, but that's it. Right, if a person won't drink oil, it's too disgusting. The Gomorrah said, you can't. Right? Or if you want a person to drink a bottle of vinegar, he also can't. Right? So therefore, we have to find something which is in the beginning of not tasty, but not so bad that a person won't be able to do it. So normally what we recommend, as a national suggestion, is to take a fruit tea without sugar, cold. What tea? A cold fruit tea without sugar. Because normally fruit tea, when it's cold, without sugar, it has a, it's not enjoyable. It's not terrible. A person could get it down if they needed to, but it's not enjoyable. People either enjoy it because it's hot or because it's sweet. If it's neither hot nor sweet, it's, it's like cold uh, chamomile tea or cold uh, green tea, whatever it's going to be. Uh, okay, it's drinkable, and then the person doesn't enjoy it. And that would be good enough, because it's like a derechana also. It's not something a person enjoys. And then if you have the option of giving them something like that, then that's better than giving them something which is which is something they will enjoy. Now this is always the, now the question is, the Ram says that for a person who's only sick, but it's not a sakana, so then to give him an isa deraisa, we can't do it, but to give him an isa which is like a derechana also, and you want to enjoy it, that we can't do. Now the question is, what about the person who is sick? And is a sakana snafashis? So by him, do we also start by trying to give him the, the Isser, which means that we can avoid the Deraisa. 
if a person's sick, he needs that. He really is dehydrated, and he desperately needs to drink. He's going to he's good die without it. So we do also try the same thing. And first, give him shlagat because it minimizes the insert. And do you say no? If you're already dealing with a person who's sakana, then we can give him kederah hanasa. We can give him a food the way it's meant to be, which is a person will enjoy it because once it's mutter, it's better. Once it's mutter, it's better. And this after this is a question which also comes every year when a person will get a sakana. And if we go to an allergy, it's no good. And there are cases like that. Do we tell them that they have to eat something which they're not going to enjoy? Or do they say no? For you, there's a hat. You can eat something you enjoy as well. This also plays out. This is the Hutra of the Dukhuya question, right? It's part of the Hutra of the question. This plays out. Of course, of course. And it plays out other reasons too. In other words, let's say a person is, whatever reason, he's sick and he's in the hospital and he's still non kosher food. And there's a Khayla that needs to keep his strength up, and you're going to tell him if he doesn't eat, you're going to get too weak. Larry Lane is often having like oncology patients who have gone around the world for treatment. And okay, America's pretty good at it, that they have kosher food in all the hospitals, but Europe's not so good. And if you find people in some random place in Europe where they're there for treatment and they don't have kosher food in the hospitals, so what are you going to do? You have to eat. Because it's a concept. You have to eat. All they have is non kosher food. So are you going to say, listen, you're a kosher eat the food? Or are you going to say, no? Try and make it unenjoyable. Try and put enough garlic powder over it that you don't want it. It's not tasty. Or whatever it's going to be. To do something to make it un- unenjoyable so that a person won't get the handoff from eating. Is there a benefit in doing that? Which means that I'm now made into is it Rabban as opposed to is it or, if, or once a person is a khayla and is allowed to eat, even without you have Mukhayyab to try and listen to the rest. So we're going to see tomorrow the two sides of that Mukhayyab. This one, the Halakha Lamaisa point, if you're on the topic, a lot of people think that this person needs to drink in Yankifa, Safi dehydration, whatever the case is, and you want to give them something which doesn't taste good. So they give them uh, black tea without sugar. Because it also doesn't taste good. Or black coffee without sugar, which is better. Which also doesn't taste good. That's a stupid thing to do. Caffeine. Because caffeine just makes things worse. Right, dehydrates. So right, dehydrates more. And therefore, even if halakhically you've avoided the problem, you haven't avoided the issue. Um, and therefore, like I said, the best thing is the fruit tree, which isn't caffeinated, yes. which, which is uh, without sugar. And then it's not enjoyable either. And then at least you're gaining the fluid that the person needs. Because remember, the second verse tomorrow, we'll talk about when does the thing of trying to take away the high from the Isra reply in a way to minimize the Isra reply.